As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to another episode of The Beat with your Sherlitic Baumgartner. And uh, 18 holes in, 18 holes deep. What do we call mm. you? 18, 18 Quinn? You're 18 holes in already. It's 1130 in the morning. What's going on? I don't like the nickname 18 Quinn. I feel like that is the wrong <laughs> connotation. I don't Sounded need bad anyone. coming out. Sounded I don't bad need anyone out. knocking on the door. <laughs> Everything is on the up and up over here. Everything's legal. Uh, yes. <laughs> Good morning, Nick. It's what eleven thirty. I've already played eighteen. You are, you are shattered by this fact. Crazy man. You know, yeah, you got you up gotta seven. Get You're in. like, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense when you explained it because played it's already 18, eighty degrees. Yeah. Walked, got in five five miles, about ten thousand steps. That's right, the whole walk. Yeah. Played in three hours, fifteen minutes with a with a friend of mine. In and out. So you know, no I woke up. I woke up on uh, Monday morning and walked outside. And it was the first day of the summer that it's really that it really hit me in the face. Sure. Uh, the morning humidity, the uh, you could tell it was going to be about eighty-five by ten thirty, and you know that's football weather. And it you know and it still to this day makes me like a little bit want to throw up. And like I'm standing yeah. there, put, <laughs> I'm standing there putting the kids in the car at like seven thirty in the morning or whatever it was to go to daycare, and I'm like. And I'm just like, oh god! I can still. I'm almost forty years old, and I can still like uh, just the PTSD. Put my, yeah, put myself right back there. So you know, it it's definitely it's, that time of year, but exciting. It's uh, now funny. Yeah. Like I remember. So when I covered them Vols, mm-hmm. right? Um, I didn't play high school football, as you know. Not right, my yeah. not my bag. Yeah. Um, and so my like first summer down in in Knoxville, right? They started. Um, their training camp, whatever the hell you want to call it. Yeah, full uh, camp. Yeah, Aug- August, right? Yeah. It is August. Yeah, in yeah. goddamn Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, it is like it is that you walk outside the house at seven a.m. and you are dripping sweat done. on the walk to yeah. the car. You are done. It is awful. You can't even drink coffee outside. You got to drink that coffee in your place before inside. going outside. Yeah. Then you're just walking around with a gallon of water. Um, but. Like I, the, the first practice I went to, right? It is like seven thirty a.m. It is ninety-two degrees, one hundred percent humidity. The, the sun is on top of the field, and Horrible. I was like, yeah. "You're all out of your mind. What are we doing? And why are we covering this? I don't give a why shit. Why are we out here? Who the string wide receiver is? This is a, you know, and everyone's oh man, this guy rolled an ankle. I'm like, it's the first week of August. Who cares? Get so, me out of here. So, this is the let me, worst. So this weather makes you want to throw up too? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, for very different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> or the stupidity I, of it all. I can remember my first, uh, the first year I did uh, Sunbelt football covering Western, they would have practices at, at Western Kentucky down there. 
in Bowling Green. They'd have practices at night because it was so hot. It was yeah. like they would get out there at nine or eight and it would still be like 93 degrees. And you're like, Jesus, this is the worst. But hey, and like, uh, that's what, when you you look into the lights and the lights are damn near blocked out by all the flies, all the bugs. Yeah, yeah and you're just you're just covered in bugs and sweat. But uh, hey, man, brutal. there is no better. There is no better environment where everybody's in it for everybody to come together as a team and build and bond and all that, or completely fall apart and go <laughs> their separate ways. Teams are made and crushed in these coming weeks. But it's the, also the, talking season, so yes, go ahead. What? The immediate resentment of each other and the <laughs> yeah, coaches right. when that settles in before September arrives. Oh, yeah. yeah, the team will be made and broken five times in these next several weeks before you see them uh, on TV. But uh, it's also talking season, my man. It as, sure as uh, hell is. Four days SEC, of it in uh, SEC country, SEC right? Media Week has begun. It's uh, I think they're on like day three or four of it here as we record on Wednesday. Uh, all of the coaches have aw shucksed, aw, you know, aw shucks. I mean, what are we gonna do if all the if all if we just be? I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. To all those poor little mm-hmm. teams, but I don't care. And you know, I'm sure the Big Ten <laughs> will have the same the same response here uh, next week. Uh, have you been? I know you haven't been following. You were you were covering British Open uh, mm-hmm. uh, stuff, but you probably haven't seen any of the uh, comments. Did you A see that bit. the? Did you see the ACC and Big Twelve? I think it was the no the Pac-12 and uh, Big 12 called it a day on their alliance. There, they were uh, they already quit. I saw Pete Damel wrote that the other day. It's, it's <laughs> shocking. It's a shocking development. Um, I, I had I had high hopes for those two uh, very yeah. like-minded <laughs> leagues. Very like-minded. like-minded. I mean, what could possibly be different about those two leagues that they wouldn't uh. want to get in bed together? Um, I don't know who the big spoon would be, but um, yeah, I mean, and you know, it's just going to be. Something else in a week or two. Yeah, well, yeah. Now it's... this now this league is looking at this league, and now these two are flirting with each other, or, or these two teams are are now talking about you know going to as a, as a as a co op to go into this league. And, um, all the coaches are just gonna you know shrug, and all the commissioners are gonna be like, well, I don't know what's going on. I don't look right. at me. I'm not doing anything. And meanwhile, uh, your friends at the networks are just standing. Uh, they're up yeah. in the rafters with. With the strings, with the strings, yeah. Just the 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 Geppettos to uh, I, I, all these all these. You figures. know, I tweeted this yesterday, but it really did hit me after I read the story that Pete wrote about those guys already mm-hmm. like quitting on their. He said they had like three lengthy Zoom calls or something like this, and you know, no revenue driver was found, which is obviously no one is going to pay. They just don't have anything, right? And so it reminded me of. The stories you would read, I've read and heard, and books and all this about the old wrestling territories falling apart. Well, Vince McMahon nationalized the sport, or the what sport, the fake sport, yeah. uh, and you know this is not the same, but it's not different in that you've got networks, national networks, and conferences nationalizing a regional product, and um, the regional outfits that have been trying to resist this for years, but have had to drag themselves along and copy. The Big Ten and SEC, you know, Pac-12 and Big 12 and, mm-hmm. and ACC all run themselves like miniature versions of the SEC and Big Ten. They just copy everything they do. Sure. Are now in a situation where they're left with nothing but reality. And the reality was that your league was only there and it only existed if you're the Pac-12 because you had SC and UCLA in it. And the only reason the Big 12 existed is because Texas and Oklahoma allowed it to. Like... All those realities are now being pushed on the table, and there's no more like lying anymore. So everyone's now like, uh, "There's no, I don't know what you're gonna do." The only, and I've had people ask this too, like, "Why are, why is this long drag? Why is this gonna take so long? Why can't we just get to wherever this is gonna go at the end and just be done with it?" And that's a question that I would have for the big league, the SEC and the Big Ten. It's like, why, why don't you guys just do what you're gonna do, whatever that is? Make, make I mean, your additions, and then so everyone can then move forward and figure out, right? Like, but yeah, right. Yeah, I can see. He's like, listen, Haas. Why don't you just call? We, 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 we can't just rush into it. A lot of people need to get paid in this situation, right? We need we need lawyers getting paid. We need yeah. network executives, you know, um, yeah. earning their salaries and things like that. You can't just uh, can't just scribble right it on it. your dry erase board there next to your yeah. desk. Yeah. yeah, these are. This, these things need to need to play themselves out so everyone can uh, make sure that they get it on the front That's end. Right. 
That's right. Yeah, uh, you're goddamn right. I, you know, I don't know. So it's been definitely interesting, but uh, and I think that's what most of the questions. Uh, yeah, it's an it'll be an are. eclectic show. We've got we've got questions we're going to tackle yeah. here for about twenty minutes, uh, and then we are going to be joined by the great Max Boltman. That's right uh, of the Athletic. Uh, our cross promotion beat here. writer. We're going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk some hockey. He's going to teach us a thing or two. He's going to teach you all a thing or two. It's there a big will be week no references. For the Red Wings. There will be no oh, references yeah, no. <laughs> to the <flyers>. sir <laughs> to the 1997 Stanley Cup playoffs. <laughs> Got it. Um, but I'm looking forward to that. But yeah. let's uh, let's tackle some of these questions. Yeah. Let's do um, it. I love this first one from Brad um, because I do think that this is. Legitimate. Um, yeah. When you look at the, the the whole of what's happening in college sports, Brad asks, "Does the MAC exist as a football conference in five years?" And <clears throat> like, I, I'll put it this way. Yeah. Does it exist? Yes, probably. Sure. Does it exist in its current place, <sighs> presence, rank? No. Whatever. Absolutely not. Right. And I think that it's, and I think that when we say does it exist, like, and when you say sure, yeah, I think a body of sort, right, like that right. <laughs> will continue to exist. But when we say it won't look anything like what, no, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know because when all of this sort of settles um, and all the money is put into the big 20 and the SEC 20 or whatever you want to call it because that's where it's going to go, like, what other TV networks are, are are left? I know that everybody wants content and everything else, but at some point it's going to become a very different conversation about how much money is, well, okay, well, like how much money is realistically going to be there? Like, what kind of TV situations are we, re- are we really going to be looking at? If you're the Mac, are you ever going to be on TV? Like, kind of that sort of thing. And then it becomes the question of, is it worth it? And so, do I think the Mac will exist? Yeah. But do I think that there'll be a league that's... Will the MAC be a league that sponsors football? I don't know. Mm. I, that's the question I think I I would maybe wonder, right? Where it's like, what schools just decide in this new world we're not going to have football anymore because yeah. it's too expensive. Like and, yeah. and, and in that regard, I feel like five years is too short. But if you maybe. want to start talking, you want to start talking 10, 15, 20, Yeah, like I think that's a hundred percent on the table at some of these sure. schools because uh, you brought it up. You that's a great point with with television because mm-hmm. like. I always love the fact that the Mac was super proactive about, look, you want us to play at 3 o'clock yeah, in the Tuesday afternoon night. on a Tuesday to get on ESPN? <laughs> we don't give a shit. We will we'll play. We were get our, we're going to get our schools on TV. Like, good yeah. on them. That was always the right play. Well, yep. now, as these super conferences take shape, there's only going to be so many windows where games can be played. And these lesser schools, the second-tier schools in their own leagues – who are not going to be getting prime slots right. to play. They're well, going to be now, on sudden, now suddenly, right, now the SEC is saying, we don't give a shit. We're going to make Vanderbilt play on Thursdays because people will watch it. And that's sorry, right. Mac, there goes You're your out. spot yeah. on the network. You know, and like that's a that's a really, that's a really, I hadn't thought of it. Um, that's the whole thing. Down the, yeah. down the line, that's going to be where it goes. And that's just, yeah. that is the like ultimate Darwinian nature of these things. Yeah, and it's and it's a crazy conversation because there is such a high demand for content right now in the media like landscape. Uh, but it's so scattershot because there's so many platforms and there's so many things. And the TV channels that we used to know, the, the cable channels, you know, people don't watch them anymore. So it's hard to have a captive audience and it's hard, and it used to be, if you're the Pac-12, <clears throat> you have SC and you have UCLA, so you already, no matter how no matter how little people give a damn about the other teams in your school, you still have the audiences that were built in there with those two schools. When they're gone, you just have scattershot alums who kind of care, but maybe mm-hmm. not, and only when they're good, and probably not even really then. And then that's, and that's not anything... That a TV audience really cares. That's not a sustainable situation. And, and frankly, I might maybe I'm being too negative on that. And maybe that's something that I don't know the answer to. Um, you know, I see a lot of people make the counter that like, why don't you give these small leagues a chance? Maybe it would be programming that people would like to see. I I don't know that that's not the case. I, but yeah, I, you know, I feel not like in our world count, now. 
one reasonable counter to this is that when you look at the Macs of the world, right, they're not, they're already reasonably, five, ten years from now, they're going to be competing for the same thing they're competing for now. Right. And that's yeah. to win your league and, and exactly. play the Exactly, yeah. Like, to whatever that when means. When you look yeah, at these right. other leagues, right, like, yeah. your, your schools that are going to be passed over from the Big 12 and the bottom of the ACC, right, yeah, those yeah. schools where, like, okay, you were previously in a league that you're, hey, you're, you're still trying to compete for a national championship, and now you're just so buried that you are totally irrelevant right. in your own league, which a lot of these schools already are. But now, now even more, even more so, so. Yeah. Like, what is what do you make of of those, um, or like those middle tier leagues, your your Mountain Wests and all these things, right? Like the MAC, it's always you're you're the whole year you're you're just trying to win the MAC, and that's right. it. And there's a case can be made, you know, like they don't have massive stadiums to fill. It can just possibly exactly. just still kind of exist for what it is where it's kind if, of if you right if you stop chasing just this, college, it, it'll be the purest right. college football yeah. is what it's going to be 100 percent. and maybe <laughs> and maybe that's something that is attractive in a smaller mm-hmm. scale and regional pockets and maybe you find a way down the road but you got to stop chasing the dragon of like we're going to yeah. be boise state in 2006 hey guess yeah. what everybody that only happened once to boise state in 2006 or whatever the hell time it was you're, it's not again. Never that's, again. That's not sustainable. so hard, though. When go talk to someone at Western, and they're like, "Hey, man, like we well, we made a run. Like we were I know. kind of there, I know. you know." I know. And like that's that's the reality of when you see your school actually there. Speaking from as an alum who literally when was in school when his team was number one in the country, and right. I everyone knew it was never going to happen again. But still, you know, years later, it's like. You want to tell me, oh, you know, that school can't compete in this and this and this. And we're, you know, part of you is like, well, bullshit. I, I saw it. You know of course I mean? they so can. Of there's course always going to yeah. be that hard. And, and, and we're having two different conversations here because yeah. of course they can compete. Of course they can compete. But the big the big old money is not going to allow that. And, like, no that's, that's the ultimate. And that's why, we're I, to a degree, we're having a little bit of the same and different conversation. And that I agree with you in that. All the schools that tried to model themselves after Boise State, and a lot of them um, were successful. Like, it had really good program. Houston's had some really good teams, you know. Like, Western Kentucky, the team I covered, has had some great success. And they really sure. dedicated themselves to it. And it's hard to tell those schools, but it's also, at the end of the day, you're just like, but you knew that when push came to shove, the heavy hitters, the big shooters, the old money the universities that run this country, by the way, by the way, yeah, uh, are yeah, going to yeah, do whatever yeah. they want to do. And you are not going to factor into their plans. You have been, and it used to drive me up a wall when, and I understood it, but it used to drive me nuts in the early 2000s, in the mid 2000s and whatever, when I would see the Sun Belt and the Mac just take the Sun Belt, would just take whatever the SEC said, we're doing it. We're doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. We're not going to counter. We're not going to argue. And the Big Ten would have the same sort of fieldy from the MAC. And I'm just like, why are you doing this? They're not going to help you when it comes time to save you. And here we are. And it's just like, I understood it at the time because it's survival. But, you know, for me, it's always been, I've always looked at it like that. I guess it's been, you're just waiting for that sword to drop because you knew it was going to come. And I felt like a lot of people sort of pretended that it wasn't. And I don't know, it's just, it's unfortunate, but it's hard to see where it's going to go. But like. Yeah, to your point, I'm hopeful that maybe 10 years down the road we get some new thing that is some pure form of college football at some of these sure. schools, right? That's a little more just, hey, that is what it is. We're not trying to be something that we're not, you know, and we're going to enjoy it. Maybe that's what happens. I don't know. but Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Keith. Keith asks, whose shoes would you rather be in right now regarding the upcoming season and the state of the program? Jim Harbaugh or Mel Tucker? Juwan Howard or Tom Izzo? Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker all day. Mel Tucker. Awful. <laughs> I don't even have to think about it. I don't even, I mean, all absolutely. Like, they're, like, he could be bad, I think. It doesn't matter. And it won't matter. They're all they'll in. Have, yeah, they'll have to just be all in no matter what. Like, there's Mel Tucker forever, probably, <laughs> for a good minute here, because that's the other thing, okay? I know you and I have talked about this, and I don't want to piss people off, but if Mel Tucker has, like, a 9 or 10 win season this year, and uh, some weird stuff happens in the uh, SEC Plus, mm-hmm. and, and a big job opens up. <laughs> Buddy, <laughs> I don't care how much guaranteed money. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. It's not going to be a closed conversation. If you think it is, like, I got a bridge to sell you. It's <laughs> uh, it's going to continue. And so, yes, Mel Tucker, all the way. He has the golden the, the golden bag right now, man. He's got, yeah, he's got the juice. And... I mean, I am. You talk about guys that I'm fascinated to see how it's how it goes this year. You know, I've and I've seen this, and a lot of different metrics will pop up that, and it bore out when you watch last season that Michigan State did such a good job, and he did a good job of riding the line. Right? We talked about that all last year. They never got up, never down, and they just they won a lot of those close games. They lost a lot. They won a lot of close games. They also bring back a lot, and it's kind of like one of those teams that they're either going to go. Like this, or they're going to go like this, and it's not going to okay. be middle, right? You're, so, you're talking to me on video. No one knows oh, what you. Sorry, no, up no or one knows down. the motions. Or, <laughs> they're going to go up or down, and it's not going to be stagnant. So I think there's going to be a big shift here for Michigan State. I, I and I feel like it could be good. I feel like they could surprise people because uh, I think a lot of people are are probably expecting them to be not as good. But I'm not totally ready. I mean, I can understand that, but I'm not totally ready to to. Uh, to maybe throw that away. I, you know, Mel Tucker has been a pretty good coach so far, and I have no reason to believe that that can continue. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, my answer is Mel. Yeah, I, I look at it this way: if uh, in the immediate answer to that question, in the scenario of starting the season three and three, sure, <clears throat> three and four, three and five, right? It just doesn't go. Yeah, who who is going to be uh, the oh. absolute hellscape situation? Harbaugh. Right. Yeah, Harbaugh, right? Harbaugh. It'll if, just <laughs> if Harbaugh starts no four. And, if Harbaugh starts four and one, it's going to be what's going on here? What are you doing? And hey, the, he doesn't do himself favors with the comments he makes. We've talked about that before. Uh, mm-hmm. You saw the 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 what was it? The I don't know what the fundraiser was called that he was at the other uh-huh. day. Uh, the abortion fundraiser, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. You know, I mean, so. I don't see Mel Tucker making statements in public like this. He's just coaching football. Maybe maybe we do that, right? I don't know. But either way, my answer is Mel Tucker for all the reasons we've discussed. And Yeah. Uh, yeah. Number two on that list. I mean, not to say that Harbaugh is in a bad spot, though. I don't want to say he's in a bad spot because they're really good. They have a lot of good players coming back. But the pressure, the pressure is higher at Michigan always. Uh, anyway. And... It is still higher on him. And I think the stuff that happened in the winter has, you know, I don't think it, I think people were upset and they're kind of like, well, I want to see you keep winning. I don't want to see a step back, Jim. Like I get a lot of people, we got questions here today that were like, you know, what's going on with the recruiting? I don't know what's going on with recruiting, but I can, you know, not, not every single detail, but I can look at the board and see they haven't, they're not slam dunking it the way that you would think a big 10 champion Coming off a championship would, not through June anyway. So, I mean, it's gotten a little bit better, and I'm sure it'll be fine in the end, but, you know, it's the same kind of stuff. He's got to continue to prove it because there were years that people saw 
where he didn't. So I'm not sure that that's totally erased. Maybe some, maybe some don't care. Maybe some are like, he's all in, he's my guy. And maybe some love that he talked about abortion or whatever sure. a couple of weeks ago. It's it's polarizing. He's but he remains polarizing. I guess is the end of the day point. I think and Mel Tucker is not polarizing at all uh, right now, and I'm not sure how that. Maybe it gets to that point, but even if it got to that point for Mel Tucker, the contract they gave him and the situation that he entered, he's going to have leverage over them until, until the end. I mean, it's the same thing that Harbaugh had in, a couple years ago. He had, remember when he had Michigan completely in his hand? And I think Mel Tucker at this point now has Michigan State right there. Sure. Completely in his hand. Polarizing is the right word. Because, like, if you want to look at, like, for Harbaugh? Yeah. Right. For both, uh, like, yeah, that one is, and one is just in, is not. Oh, like, yeah, right. If people sure. people trying to take shots at, at Mel Tucker right now, it's it's for as far as I, don't I know can how you do uh, it in, in the in the in the vapid shit show that is social <laughs> media, right? People making fun of Michigan State for posting a lot of pictures of Mel Tucker. Oh, all like, the pictures. That's yeah. the like, whoa, Mel Tucker. You know, like let's yeah, let's okay. let's poke fun at him. Whereas the other one is get is in. And a bit of a situation because, you know, he made a choice to go. And look, yeah. I don't give a shit what he believes. Listeners don't give a shit what I believe. Right. All that irrelevant to the conversation. The point is right. he he publicly went and did something yes. in public that is generating attention. And it's not necessarily awesome And he did it, and he did it right before coach. Big Ten Media Days. And I'm sorry, it's right. going to be talked about next week and he knows it. Sure. And if he wants to say otherwise, then that's whatever. Like, he d- didn't have to do that. Nope. Okay. Nope. That was a choice. It was a choice that he made <laughs> and, and, completely and, totally and he is free to make that choice, too. Yep, totally. 100%. But you also have to accept what comes with it. That's right. You know? So that's kind of... I think that speaks to your point, though. Like, one, it's just, hey, attention for this. And the other one, it's, oh, man, it's attention for this. Yeah. You know? It's part so, of what you've... If you if you follow Jim Harbaugh and if you're a Michigan fan there's things you deal with <laughs> that come with him as a coach and frankly at the end of the year I think a lot of those people well we'll see I don't know a lot of those people typically say you know if he goes out there and he coaches the way he did in 2021 then you can do whatever you know I'm cool with it because that and, team and was correct, great correct me if I'm wrong there are plenty of people within the university system within the athletic system within the state system who have in the past spoken about him not Doing things like we've just yeah saw him do yeah and and here it just happened again it happened and again that's going to ruffle feathers. I don't know you know oh yeah I mean that's gonna yes going that will piss people feathers. off yeah for yeah. of course it will and that's part of the conversation uh, okay. that's sort of irrelevant to the football side of it yeah I would say all right um, we uh, we have to talk uh, quarterback situation I love this is one of my favorites is when we are drawing <laughs> conclusions. From who is attending media days? Always. Oh a yeah, great I tradition. saw that question. Oh, Robert, Robert, Robert I like that. A longtime yeah. listener uh, asks. Uh, yeah. uh, so with Cade, <laughs> yeah, I saw being that. a player going to Big Ten media days, does that put an end to the quarterback battle before fall camp even starts? They've never. I don't mm. know. I assume he's. Tr- I assume this has been researched. He says yeah. they've never invited a quarterback or a backup during the Harbaugh era. That's I probably it. true. That's that. I think that's accurate. I think that's true. I mean, I trust Robert's research there, but I think that that's. I don't think Wilton ever went. I was trying to do the math in my head, and it's been such a hodgepodge that I don't think Patterson ever went. I, maybe he went, but I don't think he went. I, I that would not have gone well. Um. So yeah, no. This is this is the first one, but I think it's. I wouldn't say that. Um, Hey, that's a great research from from Robert. That's an amazing question. I wouldn't say that it uh, closes any book on anything before it starts. No, of course not. Um, you know, a lot of J.J. McCarthy's, I think, summer here or fall camp is going to be uh, dependent on how his arm responds. You know, he had surgery, uh, obviously. Uh, he worked with Tom House this offseason. Uh, all things seem to be that he's ready to go and all that. But, I mean, you got to go see it, right? He's got to go out there and do it. Um, and you know, it's the same as it was at the very beginning of the year. His task is going to be, you have to take the job from the captain of and returning starter of the team that broke a 17 year big 10 title drought at Michigan. Yes. Best of luck. 
So, yeah. you know, and like that's in terms that's of where the person at. who's going to speak for this team and for this program. I think you got to bring the quarterback who led you to a win over yeah. Ohio State, a win in the Big Ten championship game, and an appearance in the what was it, the Orange Bowl? Right? Yeah, like, Orange Bowl. Play my finals, playoffs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he 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 earned that spot. He's to gonna go be, be a captain. voice for the program. Yeah. Right. <laughs> He's gonna yeah. be a captain. I mean, like he earned the spot. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's yes, and I think that that's fair to say, right? Because. Uh, coaches and Harbaugh is no different. Um, look at that as a, you know, the leaders of this team are the guys that I, I don't know who else he's bringing, but I'm sure it's guys that you've known as leaders of the football team. It's always been that way. Ben Bredesen, you know, guys like that. Um, it's usually boring guys that Harbaugh brings because they're the leader. <laughs> the leaders are the quiet guys mm-hmm. that don't say a lot. So that's always how it's been. Or oftentimes it's the best players, the guys that he thinks deserves it, whatever. And obviously that's. Cade, but to the quarterback situation, I'm I'm not really sure why uh, a lot of people are just assuming that this needs to go the other way. Uh, I, I mean, he was pretty good last year, so I don't I don't know why that's yeah. that's automatically a thing, but it is as we know. So either way, but we have our guest here, my man. We are done with the questions. We are. It's time. Although we're on the shot clock, should we uh, should we pause and come back? Is that, Max, that. Is that Max Boltman's music? <laughs> Max <laughs> right. is here. Hang on. We are going to restart. Pause. All right. Let's pause. Okay. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, everybody, we're back after a quick break with our guest this week. As we uh, last week brought on James Edwards, Athletics Pistons writer extraordinaire. This week we continue uh, our summer series, I guess. It's just started as a series. We're calling it that now with <laughs> with Red Wings writer Max Boltman, longtime <laughs> friend of the show and friend of Brendan and I's all-around good dude and recently engaged man. Max, how we doing, buddy? Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, very man. excited to We're be on very with happy you. For you. Thank you, thank yeah. you. Yeah, good to see you, man. I liked hearing your end of the of the engagement night on last week's episode. Your and James's <laughs> end. <laughs> we didn't get to hear your end. What I mean, so were you like really, really? Were you like? I mean, throwing yes. my computer off the roof? Yeah. Okay. Well, right. So people, so if anyone didn't listen, set, set it up yeah, on, okay, on, cool. on what the plan was and what ended up happening. Well, it, it it was funny. I did realize listening, and I, he told me this the night of, and like like there was at one point. I basically I proposed to my girlfriend three weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, and I the plan kind of was like I was gonna propose alone in the afternoon. I, I did it down by the Riverwalk in Detroit, and then nice. had thrown like a surprise engagement party for that evening mm-hmm. that she didn't know about. And when I first told James and Cody that idea, uh, we thought like, oh well, should I just do it at the party and so like i was like thinking about that for a while and ultimately decided not to do that i just wanted to do it the two of us um but i never told that to james that i decided that (laughs) so he thought that like when we walked in like his girlfriend jocelyn was like recording us and like i think was probably expecting me to like drop down on one knee and like nobody said a word when we walked in because i think only like the people who I get, like she called yeah, like yeah. her friends because she didn't know there was going to be a party, so they were the only ones who knew, and they I guess weren't like relaying that to a lot of my <laughs> friends that this had already happened. Uh, so that made for a, it was like kind of dead silent when we walked in, and then I think people realized, okay, no, this they already did. Sorry, it. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 we're, we're out of the way. Uh, so that was funny, but 
Not like so. I knew that it was very possible that the Red Wings were going to hire a coach that day. <laughs> that in day, fact, of course. I, I had pre-written our headline package for that's it, good. for that's for, good. for the coach okay. that they hired and one other person. That makes me just, feel better. That I thought was like a long <laughs> yeah. shot. I did have to add one more thing, just kind of that I wanted to add once they actually made it official. But so that, that was good. Like it was kind of one of those things where you you prep and they don't surprise you, which is great. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, right. what was the timing what, when it actually was like when you get the text or whatever, you know, OK, like it's happening. Yeah. Was this so before there's actually you actually had great did the backstory deed or to this. So oh, God. they they did it at like 6 p.m., which was or like 530 p.m., which was a little tight to the surprise party for my liking. Mm-hmm. But it could have been way worse because I proposed it about 230 or three. Uh-huh. Uh, and at about noon, I got to be careful here. I was on the phone with someone <laughs> who works for the Red Wings. Yeah, yeah. And they abruptly were like, shit, I got to take this. And I was like, yeah. no, not right now. Because I knew I had pre-written it, right? Like I wasn't going to have to do a ton. But it couldn't be that, like, it would get announced and Allison would, like, see it on Twitter, too. And then I'd be yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you want to go down to the river and take a walk? And like, I don't need to do anything. Jesus. That We're could good. not happen. That, like, that yeah, would be very out of character. You know? uh, and, and it was like, you know, it's like not, like... Far yeah. from our house, but it's it's a fifteen minute drive just it's to get bit. to where yeah, we're right. walking. Like that would have been really weird. So I was just like, just God, <laughs> give me three hours. It can happen while we're down there because she's not going to be checking her phone or whatever, and yeah, I'll have yeah. anything written. I just got to send a tweet. Yeah. But don't happen like in the next hour. <laughs> so God. so we survived that, and then we were like, I don't know. I think we were like just kind of out in the neighborhood. When the actual announcement came, it was funny. I, I did miss a call that I might have had a, you know, a little more heads up than I found out. I think I saw the tweet like five minutes after they tweeted. They Like Steve Eiserman mm-hmm. breaks almost all of their own news through the team right. social media account. So like sure. it's not like I got scooped on it or anything. Um, but uh, yeah, so that happened. And then I we kind of walked home and I typed out whatever I needed to add to the headline package. And then the, the way that it worked... Was we were? Uh, do you guys know the restaurant Mabel Gray in Ferndale? Yes. Yeah. So we've been trying to get a reservation there for like three years, and obviously in COVID, that wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I had uh, our friend Greg Garno, who I think you guys also know. Oh, who, I know Greg Garno. Sure. With us. Yeah. Sure. He like sent a text to Allison and me and his girlfriend, um, saying like, "Hey, I got us reservation at Mabel Gray for this night. Like, yeah, be there at seven. And then I, I told him like at seven call me and be like, hey, they're behind on all their reservations. Let's get a cocktail at this other place, Valentine Distillery. So that's what we right. did. And then we walked in and it was the and it was the party. So that that's pretty well much done. the story. But it was man, I was so nervous at about twelve thirty that I was like, just give me <laughs> two hours. Me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I probably well, could have survived hey, it, but like Well, it because been you're tough. you're also the thing to sit, to note here is that you're marrying someone who understands what you're yes, going through, man. That, sure. that is true. You did very well in your uh in that whole thing, because as someone who could speak from experience in that department, it's not going to be the last time. <laughs> so, well, no, we were at you a, survived it. Good we stuff. Were, I love. We it. were at a wedding. Jake Lorem got married. Did you guys know yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. did. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. So he got married about Jake. a month ago, and she had to drive up. Like we had to drive separate. She had to drive up later. Uh, and drive back early because Tigers had a homestand, and so like, yeah, Jake right. had his wedding mm-hmm. up up by Traverse City, and um, so she had, we had to drive separate to that and all that stuff. And then she's on her drive up when the Tigers announce they're calling up Riley Green, and she's like, like come, "What are the odds <laughs> here right now?" You know, so she definitely gets uh, how tethered 100%. you can be to some things very far beyond your control. And when was the actual intro press conference? The next day, so I was a little. The next uh, day, I was feeling it a little. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dragging ass a bit. Yeah. yeah, Well, it's that's a good segue into what I think we can talk about with Max here, uh, as we talked a little bit about with James last week. Um, just kind of, uh, we talked with, about writing on this show and the job in general. And Max, you are you cover a really interesting beat, and I think a super interesting sport uh, in hockey. But I want to I want to talk about the guy you cover here, uh, Steve Eiserman, of course. And the challenge that he presents, because as you said it a second ago, all of their news 
you know, probably with very few exceptions are going to be broken. Whenever he decides it's going to be broken, he is in complete control of the organization and nobody tells him what the fuck, right? Like he's king of the world. Yeah. Um, that presents a very challenging thing for someone like you uh, in your job. Uh, I know what that's like. <laughs> Brendan, I think, knows what that's like. Maybe mm-hmm. not quite as much as Steve <laughs> Eiserman here. But uh, explain to us a little bit about how that all goes, because I think that's kind of fascinating for a lot of people who know him as a player, but uh, maybe not quite as much in his role now. Well, there's a lot of, you said, you know how, there's a lot of similarity between yes. that. And I was even at, like, I was not covering it at, like, the level that you were. I was mostly, at, like, at the student paper, and then one year right. for us is kind of like a GA. Like, it was it was kind of sure. my assignment, but I I didn't have, like, the certainly like the familiarity with everything that you need to cover it at this level. So there are similarities there in terms of, you know, I heard you say it last week about Harbaugh, but it's true. It's like someone tells you this is what they're thinking. Your first response should probably be like, is yeah, it I don't though? know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you hear that? Because I don't think he told it to you. So, <laughs> right. like he knows you exist, buddy. Yeah, so. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. so it's very similar to that in that way. Um, yeah. And I thought I, my approach has been: you gotta almost treat it like you're studying them, and you're trying to 100%. figure out like I agree. They, they will say mm-hmm. things. They were, they're never gonna tell you this is who we like. This is what we're gonna do. Whatever. But you hear the way they explain the things that they do do or the things that they're looking to do. And you have to almost treat it like a math problem. Like, okay, they like this. They're looking for this, but they don't want to and haven't done this. Who does that weed out and where does that leave you? And, like, I've gotten better at it. I got, you know, they had probably (laughs) five big free agent signings this year right, and three right. of them were on my list of 11. So that was good, Boom. right? Like I That is good. I was pretty <laughs> I, I was pretty early on their draft pick and I don't I don't know how repeatable it is. In fact, I had someone at the draft tell me don't get used to it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so that was funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that's how I treat it. It's, you almost have yeah. to treat it like you are you're you are not getting tips at that point. You yeah, are right. more sure. or less studying and trying to see how good you're your uh, analytical skills can get to right, figure out yeah. what they're up to. And and that's about as close as you're going to get, as, as I've found. I don't know if yeah. – I, I don't think anyone's gotten, like, really cracked that code yet. But It's it's curious because I never found that – I mean, it can be frustrating. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I shouldn't say that I never found it frustrating. But, like, I almost don't think I would have preferred the other way all the years that I spent covering Harbaugh. And Brady Hoke was like that, too. Michigan football has always been like that. Michigan basketball was like that when Beeline was there to a degree until Brendan broke him uh, and got him to open up a little bit. But, like, I would almost, when I was doing it, because maybe it was just because that's all I knew, but like Max is saying, like, it forced forced me to learn things about stuff that I did not, you know, everything. You have to know, because, you know, Harbaugh would do the same thing. It would be like, I'm not going to tell you the depth chart. Like, do you watch the games? Yeah. Are you, you are, you purport to be a football writer. Yes. Do you understand what we're doing? And it's like when they tell you, and that's what these guys sort of look at you with, you cover hockey, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you don't know what you're watching, then I can't help you. And so it's like, yeah, well, I mean, they will challenge you and you sort of, it's incumbent upon you to sort of meet that challenge, I think. Uh hundred percent. Yeah. And and that to me, like when I covered football, I did not know what I was looking at. So that right. was real hard for me in those times. Yeah. Like hockey, I know a lot more what I'm looking at and and increasingly. Like you it's you have to mm-hmm. treat it like you do not like you may be tasked with being an expert, but if you think of yourself too much like an yeah. expert, <laughs> no, you God. are walking on landmines. Like yeah, right. Yeah. So you t- <laughs> treat every conversation like Please teach yeah, me like something. It's learning. Yeah, yes. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Teach me something. Right. Uh, it really, and it forces you to be on your game for like every question. Yeah, all the time. That you ask and how you ask it. And and like I was thought, I, for some reason I was watching the first round of the NHL draft. I have no idea why I was watching any of this. <laughs> it was a long night. Um, but, but the Red Wings picked some guy. I don't know. Yep. And... Um, Emily Kaplan yep. goes and she gets the live hit yeah. with Iserman, right? Which is like a, a subject like that in that setting, worst case scenario. Like, Emily Kaplan could have asked 
the yeah, absolute best single question greatest in the world. questions in the world. Never gonna work. And all she did was just go super direct. It was perfect. Um, I thought she did it great. Yeah, she yeah. she did great job. And like, I mean, Emily, Ka- everyone yeah, has like awesome. known Emily Kaplan yeah. was going to be incredible when she was like a junior in college. Yeah. Yeah. But so she just hit him with these very direct questions, and at one point she goes, "So what's the next priority?" And he goes, "We have another pick to make." <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're just, you're dead to rights. You have no chance. No. Like, Emily should have turned to the camera and been like, we're just wasting our time. I might as well be interviewing a hockey the custodian yeah, over yeah. here. Like, what? So, He's not going to say anything. So to tie those two things together, <laughs> the last two things uh-huh. we were talking about. A couple years ago, I had already kind of realized, like, all right, they're never going to tell me what they're going to do. Like, let me just see if, how, how close to the edges I can get. And I asked Steve in a press conference, are there certain traits that you value above others? Mm-hmm. When you're looking at these draft prospects, and he yeah. said yes. <laughs> End yeah, of answer. Right. Don't don't ask yes or no questions. I know, Max, and, and that's that is was a huge lesson of just like fuck. All right, it's there's these, no coming back from that. Yeah. It's these alpha competitors that are that are like the comp- the competitive whatever never stops. The 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 whatever the draw or the shit yeah. it never goes away because I'm not. And you would know better than I, Max. I'm not totally sure there is another Steve Eiserman. I'm not sure that he can pull the shade down. I just think guys like, like that's uh, there isn't another Jim Harbaugh. I know that. Yeah, he is who he is at all times, and every encounter mm-hmm. he enters, save for conversations with immediate family, is a competition and almost a fight to him. Like a fighter would enter. I'm trying to get leverage on you. I'm trying to understand more about you. I'm trying to size you up. Eiserman, I think, is the same way. Every time I watch him talk to you guys, every time I see him do anything, it's the same thing. He is the same, you know, same face, same approach. I'm not going to tell you anything. You're going to have to weasel out of me, and even then you're not going to do it. And that's how it is. I, I've got his uh, NHL 99 when we do that project. Um, like when we, We're going to do the big features yeah. on the top player. So he's one of my assignments. So that is one of the things that I would like to get to the bottom of, right? And, yeah, mm-hmm. right. And whereas with Harbaugh, when he came back, there were – a lot of and Nick, I think you probably had the best one. A lot of these features that tried to go back to like early Jim Harbaugh yeah. and get to the mm-hmm. roots of him. There haven't been much of that with Eiserman, and, yeah. and I don't know if it's because there's just a difference in, you know, Harbaugh to an extent grew up in Ann Arbor and he all did. this, and, yeah. and there was and on all that. display almost, right? Yeah, yeah, right, right. Whereas whereas Eiserman, like he kind of arrives in Detroit as maybe not an adult. He was like 18, but like there's just. There's, it's more like you, in okay, hockey sense, he people was, covered yeah. him as a player, right? right. And so um, that's something I would like to do. To what extent it'll be possible, we're going to find out. But um, <laughs> yeah. I, I do think, yeah, yeah, to what you're saying, like there is a sense of like you, you can almost kind of treat the press conference as a game, right? Like, yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's, it's how, a fight. He, yeah. he even says it often. He's like, I'm trying to figure out what I can say without actually telling you anything. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, right. that, that sums it up, you know? <laughs> And I think you'll find in time, like, it depends on the person. He doesn't seem to have, he doesn't seem to be a grading type of person, but like, you know, that'll be a challenge. I think in time, he he will respect the people who understand that and don't get frustrated by it and can find their ways around what you will perceive as limited access in, you know, it is, but you can find your ways around it and still have good stuff, which is what totally. Max does. But I think in time, you'll see that that will pay off. It already has, but that will continue to pay off, I think, in time. Yeah, I, I would hope yeah. so. I would hope so. And, and I think like the similarities go beyond the like, like I, I think like the things that Harbaugh does well as coach, like at the top yeah. of the list is probably hires good people Very, yes. below him and like finds a right. way to get people who really know what they're doing. And um, so far, I, I've found that to be uh, the case for the Red Wings under Iserman and, and you know. A lot, of, a couple recently, there have been a lot of like former teammates and stuff, and so I think that'll be interesting mm-hmm. to watch as that plays out. Like, how do that, how does that uh, work for him? But like, you know, Pat Verbeek was his kind of top lieutenant for a long time, just became a GM in Anaheim, and I know a lot of his responsibility uh, was in pro scouting, and that's something yeah. that I think Iserman teams have always had a clear edge on. They find these guys who have already been drafted, and they plug them in, and they're better for him than they were right, in right. their last place. Um, and, and I think that has a lot of ties to what what Michigan has done under Harbaugh in terms of, like, you hire these good assistants. Now, what's interesting is that Michigan, they never last. And yeah, right. and I think that goes back to kind of the grinding style. Yeah, and it's a different how, style. Sure. How will that play in Detroit? Like, they've had a little turnover, but not to the mm-hmm. level of Michigan. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's a very interesting 
dynamic. Brandon, go ahead. My my uh my big big question for you, Max, that I was thinking about coming into this is, what is your your perspective, your overall ranking right now on? Okay, I've lived here since September of 2014, my man. And uh, I think the last team to advance in the playoffs in Detroit was the Tigers in October of 2013. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, that's totally Oh, actually, no, wait. I moved here. I moved here in September of 13. So when I moved here, right, the the Tigers advanced that fall. Yeah. They advanced that fall. And that's, um, that's the last one. And then I've never seen – I've never even seen this city celebrate a winner. No. It's just been utter mediocrity. So give me you, – you are – you follow all these teams. Yeah. One, intimately. Um, if you're ranking, who's – who wins who's one closest? next? At, at, from, from closest to farthest. Um, and then with an explanation of where you have the wings wherever you have them. It's a good question. Um, we we do this like once a year with these rebuild roundtables. This is Chris. Mm-hmm. This is Chris Burke's favorite thing. So. In, it is perpetuity. <laughs> yeah. In perpetuity. Col- we're gonna have to get Colton this first one yeah. soon and, here. Yes, Colton he, will be on. Yes. We, we were talking about it in our in one of our group yeah. chats this week, and he said like you got to give me a few weeks to to learn these other teams. <laughs> he hasn't had to do any of this, so. Um, I almost want to say the Lions, but it just feels like I'm Charlie Brown here. <laughs> right. Yeah. I know. I know. You don't want to go that far with it. You're like afraid um, to say it. I know. It, it would have to be like like I had been saying it seemed for a long time like it was the Tigers. And that Should have been. is just a disaster. Yeah, that's like, not happening. <laughs> <laughs> that is not happening. Yeah, so like we we had probably the last couple probably ranked the Tigers yeah, first. With, with some comfortability, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And yeah. I don't know how you can not it's not just that they've been bad this year and like, ah, oh, but they'll get start fresh next year. It's almost like you there's a lack of trust now that that, yeah. that operation mm-hmm. is going the right way. I think, yeah. and some changes have to be made there. It seems like, yeah, yeah. They're and sizable. so I, I would think, and so you know, whether it's I, I, I am inclined to say the Lions, and James is going to clown the shit out of me <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> this. Uh, uh, we, we annually well. usually make a bet on the Lions' record, and I think I'm winless in that uh, on an over under against James, but. It, it could be the Lions, it could be the Red Wings. It's just the NFL is, is what draws me That's that, exactly right. right. Yeah. Like, the NHL, mm. you get these guys, and, and the Red Wings are going to work in Simon Edvinson, I think, this year. And he could be really, really good. Uh, or he could just be a regular rookie, and the difference in that is huge. And they, they, they did make mm. a bigger spend in free agency this year. I don't think it makes him a playoff team, though. And in the NFL, you could very well have a situation where the Lions are that last seed in the playoffs, and if you, you know, in both sports, if you win, they you accidentally can, get in. Yeah, win. Right. right, right. So you know, in, in the NHL because it's hockey, and in the NFL because it's one game. So it'd be one of those teams for me. I, I think the Pistons are are building really methodically and well, but it's just that like I still look at that as a probably a bottom five team next year. Yeah. And I, I think that's James's frustration right now. It's like yeah. everyone sees, like, they get these good picks. It's like, great, now it's the playoffs. Like, no, he's still 19. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. This brings about the question I really wanted to talk to, because it's the same thing. It's I th- and I wanted to see your thoughts on this, Max. My theory is that, and maybe I'm, like, maybe everyone thinks this, that there's no harder sport in North America to build a team from the studs than the NHL. Hockey, it's the hardest. And I think that you said it earlier. Football, football, football is built <laughs> from a cap standpoint, from a player maturity standpoint, and a window of time that you have them at their peak, right? It is built uh, in a way that you can recycle it. You can you can turn it over without totally busting yourself out. You can have a quarterback on your roster for 12 years, and you can totally recycle the team around him and stay young and stay fresh you know, as you go. Hockey... You can never, I think, bottom yourself out. You never want to rot out all the way to the bottom because what Max just said there is when you start bringing youth in, like the, a rookie in the NHL is a child. A rookie in the NFL can play and he can hang. A rookie right. in the NHL is a child playing against men. And he's going to be a child for several years, correct? Yeah, and so it's just at least. really hard and you have to, I think, keep your core of youth surrounded by like older talent 
that can't be there forever. You know what I mean? Those, because your, your youth is going to outgrow them, and you have to keep, like, it's... I think hockey's the hardest. I think it's the hardest by a lot, actually. And I'm curious if you di- agree or disagree hmm. on that, Max. I, I would uh, probably yeah. agree. Baseball has similar timeline stuff there, yeah. but the fact that they don't have Sit, a salary yeah. cap, I think, right. almost why. Right. cancels out, right? right. Um, basketball is interesting because you, you have just you only need, like, all of a sudden you draft Kate Two Cunningham guys and, and you in. sign a stud yeah. and you're in the playoffs. Right. Um, hockey, I do think it's like the Red Wings are in this. Like, they drafted in, in from 2012 to 14. Uh, a few good players, right? Like, like they are, yeah. Tw- even no, actually, just twenty three and twenty fourteen. They they draft Mantha, Bertuzzi, Larkin, and when I got on the beat, it's like, okay, there's your core. That's what you're rebuilding around. Yeah. And here we are. Uh, They're gone. <laughs> and Mantha's gone. Bertuzzi yeah. has one year left on his deal. Larkin has one year left on his deal. I, I expect they'll get at least one in Larkin, but probably both of those signed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they can continue to build around him, but. You look at the calendar, and Tyler Bertuzzi's 27, and there's this kind exactly. of like 31, 32, what happens? Like, is this window going to be two to three years with him in, and are you going to have to replace him? And that does get and, – and certainly when he's making what he would make exactly. like on this next yeah. contract, like, that gets really tough. And um, in the NFL, you get this, like, rookie contract on a quarterback, and it saves exactly. you $30 million or whatever. Yes. And in you can always hockey, manipulate around it, yeah. Right. In hockey, you do get the ELC – but at least one, if not two of those years, are going to be them kind of figuring it out. And ultimately, you find like yeah. what Colorado had with Kale McCarr. Like, they were they were good when they had him making 900 grand, but they didn't win the cup <laughs> until he was making $10 million or $9 million or whatever he's making, you know? And, right. and that's 10% of the, more than 10% of the salary cap for one right. player. So, uh, yeah, I think it's really hard to build and, and carving out those windows. It's like the most common debate I have in the comments with fans is like, I think fans want everyone to be the same age. You you want a team exactly. of guys who are all 25 coming Drafting up together. Them all at once. Yeah, right. But it's impossible. It, because you can't pay all of them. Well, no. You pay your 25 to 27-year-olds. You you need kind of like merge two cores where you have yeah. your 25 to 28-year-olds, a couple of like old guys who are like, yeah, okay, I'll take a million less. And then two or three guys who are making one to four million dollars that are just right. being robbed on what they're worth. <laughs> but that you have, but have no choice. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. It's really hard, and I think the physical demand of the sport is different. It's similar to football in that it's like it grinds your body. It's just so much has to happen, and it's really the one that I that I look at and I say, it's the one sport that you can't, you cannot collapse. Yeah, you can't. And the Red Wings did, and yep. that's what Ken Holland's greatest sin, of course. But like in football. Every, if you haven't made it, if you haven't figured it out in three or four years, rip it to the studs and start over. That's yep. your best option. 100%. That is never the best option in hockey. Ever. Right? And I mean, like, No, I mean, you, you don't do it until you have no other way out. And there's yeah. a couple teams right now. Right. Chicago is is clearly doing it, and Pittsburgh is one or two years away from having ten year no rebuild. other choice. Yeah, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And, and, th- and that was the thing, is it was always, you know, it's a 10-year process. And is it 10? Mm-hmm. Is it 7? I don't know. Like, Still I, I would long. say the right. I would say the Red Wings started this rebuild in 2017. <laughs> sure, so sure. it's been five years, and you're maybe, a firm you know. two or three away. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Right. So and, and you know, could they be in the playoffs a year? I don't think this coming season, but a year from now, maybe. Yeah. And that puts it in the 2024. So that's seven years. Like, and and, I, and that'd be eight years outside the playoffs because they missed it in in, in 17. So. It's tough, man. I, the thing I always liked about your path, Max, was that really early on when uh, Craig kind of slid you into the heir apparent role, uh, you leaned, you know, whereas I feel like a lot of young writers, right, you want to be with the wings, right? You know, I, I'm, I'm covering this. I want to be in the, you know, kind of in the show, yeah. for lack of a better term. Uh, and you leaned all the way into junior hockey yeah. and mm-hmm. and you know national stuff and blah 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 um i don't know if i've ever asked you like was that were you cognizant of like i need to kind of build my knowledge from the ground up or was it more just like well craig's gonna cover the red wing so i'm just gonna do this <laughs> well, it was both like it was in, I, I got hired as a ga right so yeah, like i did not right. get hired to do any one thing i was on michigan insofar as i think we were waiting for nick to accept yeah, yeah. that offer right we were waiting for uh, him and since uh since we had been, I think, plying you with beers for years, even when I'm not sure if you were 21 or yeah, not. Yeah, I was getting but. paid in, in IPAs. 
by Brandon. Uh, <laughs> um, but like I was down at spring training actually. So I, this was my like it, it was Michigan football, and then I was helping Brendan on uh, the tournaments when there were because there was two teams. That's right, the two teams. Like, yeah. you know wherever he's not, go try to keep yeah. the boat afloat there. And then I went straight from the Big Ten tournament to spring training. Oh God, I remember this. And went everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, and then at spring training, Craig was like, "Hey, will you start making calls on these like prospects? And you just have like a once a week series where you." talk about like update the fans on like three mm-hmm. prospects in the system and in hindsight like some of the guys i was updating on had no shot of making it but i didn't know i was you know i'm coming out like oh yeah he's a fourth round pick there's seven rounds in the nfl a fourth round pick has a 50 50 chance to be a starter like all right like, so i'm you know singing the graces of dylan sambrook or whatever yeah and, right. and uh but, I, but it was really good for me because junior hockey coaches like if i could talk to like the, a young writer who's like kind of interested in hockey, I would tell them to do exactly what I did because you can get yeah. a hold of junior hockey coaches and college oh, yeah. hockey coaches. And in fact, I just Googled like Carrie Eads number and like, I don't know who this is, but like <laughs> I later learned he's like a legend of the USHL, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I just Google his number and it's right there and I call him and he answers and I was like, hey, Carrie, uh, can we talk about one of your guys? And he was like, yeah, yeah sure. talk about whatever the hell you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, let's go. And uh, <laughs> he's great. I, 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 I did the same thing with Dominique Ducharme, who yeah. within three years was the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> like, it's just hmm. like. He had he had coached Dennis Chalowski at the World Juniors and I or no actually he had cut Dennis Chalowski from the World yeah. Junior team and I was like I just want to talk about why you cut this guy like what did you or didn't you see and, and all this stuff and um, I learned a lot and one of those things that I learned was that like sometimes you have to I mean you learn this in general as a reporter but you kind of have to uh, do some adjusting on your part like one of the people I called about Dennis Chalowski compared him to Seth Jones. Uh, that did not turn out that way. And in hindsight, it was never going to turn out that way. But I right. just didn't know any different. Like, I played hockey mm-hmm, and exactly. I still didn't know yeah. any different. Yeah. Um, so you kind of have to learn what adjustments you're making. What What are they really saying when they say that? And it's like, in, in his sense, he probably thought, like, yeah, these are two first-round pick NHL defensemen. But I took it as, like, can Chalowski be a 24-minute-a-night NHL defenseman? Right. And the answer was no to that question. Um, so mm-hmm. you, you're going to make a lot. I made a lot of mistakes in that way. And probably it helped that I was making them on guys that none of my audience had <laughs> seen either, you know. Right. right. Um, so, but like it, Corey Promen, our prospects writer, has been a huge mentor for me. And yeah, so Corey's that, great. That's I've great continued job. to like stay in the prospect realm probably yeah. because of mm-hmm. that. Like Corey's been a huge mentor and friend to me. And so, like, I go places with him, where he's at, and I just kind of follow him around and watch what he does and try to talk to people he talks to and hear, like, what do you ask people? Mm-hmm. And, right. and I've just started to mix in his – just steal his questions that I hear him ask a lot. Like, what? how is this guy going to create offense? And right. I think hmm. where that works is you, you kind of – when you've done it for a while, you kind of know, like, the like a language and, and the coach is really comfortable with the language and this stuff. And then – you ask something kind of direct like that, and it almost like shocks yeah, you out too. of it, and you just have to. They just say this, and it's like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. that's way simpler than like this, like lingo, oh, oh, hands, this, that. Like it's like, oh, he's gonna take the puck to the net, and a lot of goals get scored around the net. Oh, I guess I never thought of it like that, right? Right. And so, yeah, I to answer Brennan's question, like it was somewhat just because that was my on ramp, and like that was what what I had found success doing, like. I didn't know anyone in the NHL, and no one in the NHL gave a shit who I was to talk to me. But if I called junior prospects, coaches, and and all that stuff, like they had all the time in the world for me. So like right. that was something I could bring. Um, and then it, as it just became obvious, that was where a lot of the interest was. Like it was, yeah, with Red Wings. Red time, Wings yeah. fans knew yeah. that you know they uh, were in a rebuild, and, and a lot of the guys that I could write about in that moment weren't going to be around for the next good team. So they did want to hear about Rasmussen and Zadina and Valeno and. Um, the great thing about our employer is, is that like they'd let you take a trip to Quebec to go see a right. kid play in junior hockey, and I, you know, Allison and I flew into to Montreal for I, I was going to cover Red Wings game in Montreal, but we also rented a car and drove to Drummondville through a snowstorm and watched Joe Valeno <laughs> and spent an afternoon mm. in his billet house with him, just like talking to him about like who are you, <laughs> like what's what's your deal, and. Um, yeah, that was very formative stuff. It, it, I never did the whole, and I, I, I've heard people say, like, you should always have to cover preps. Um, mm-hmm. I never did that, but that was my equivalent, was, like, 
covering sure. prospects. Well, you're doing it right though, because I think that you're you found the secret, which is if you can talk to a coach at his or her level without uh, pretending you're an expert, then yep. they'll tell you anything you need, anything you want to know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's really what. It, and hey, people are listening at whatever uh, hour th- this deep. That is your secret, and that's how you get information from people. You have to learn their world, and you have to enter it with respect and understanding that you don't know everything. And yeah. if you do that, more often than not, they're going to be okay with you. And you will find the, like I have now, like you, you get this sense of like, okay, now I know what I'm doing and I'll call someone yeah. and I'll, I'll yeah. talk and, and I, I commit like <laughs> yeah. the cardinal sin where I'm like, yeah. you know, I imagine like, yeah. this and they're like, no, no. Like, who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's a long process. That's yeah. a long road. Yeah, of course. But it's the road to be on, and it's the only one yeah. that, that uh, goes anywhere. Yeah, great stuff. Well, all right, Max, we got to make sure that you, we uh, get a recommendation out of you. Yes, um, yeah. for for any restaurant you may be feeling that you think uh, is it have to be like sit down, or can it just kind of be like hold the wally? Hey, man, you uh, whatever you whatever you there's a place there into the world that James put me on to Jose's Tacos. That's like on, it's on Ooh. Grand River. And Allison and I were downtown a couple weeks ago, and I just, like, stopped in and grabbed a – I think I got, like – it was called, like, the Jose's Burrito. But, like, the menu looked really good, uh, mm-hmm. and I really liked the food. So, Jose's Tacos. I, it, I don't think it's, like, you're not taking a date there, but if you're – Jose's on Grand River. Well, you can yeah. if you want. Yeah, that's hey, – far be it from me. <laughs> How about anything in Ferndale? Any place to give a shout to in Ferndale? Oh, man. I'm sure we've already done the Comos thing on this pod. Uh <laughs> I mm, you yep. know what? Uh, let's see. I'm I've got a ton and I'm just kind of blanking here. Uh, there's a um, I guess I can't do two Mexican places, but technically yeah, Salvadorian. You absolutely can. Buena Fe. I don't think it's technically in Ferndale, but it's like it's on okay. your side of Woodward, Brendan. Um, gotcha. Right down Nine Mile, Buena Fe. Uh, really good, uh, really good spot, uh, Salvadorian. And Wonderful. then they're really nice people. So that that's one that uh, when we were in the pandemic, I would always tell people to go to because I really didn't want them to to shut yeah, right. Uh And they <laughs> yeah. made it through. Yes. So Buena yes. Fe, love it. All right, so folks, hit both up, and when you do, uh, be sure to tip your bartenders and servers. Thanks, Max, for coming on. Good night. <laughs>